0: Good Wednesday morning, guys. My name is Jerry Miller, and this is Real Talk with Keith Smith. Thank you kindly for joining us. We are live in downtown Charlottesville on Market Street in the heartbeat of this region downtown charlottesville guys judah is this director of this fine and fair talk show and today's show is so dynamic and we welcome you the viewer and listener to chime in with questions or with comments or perspective we want to aggregate your ideas and just chatter about them on our talk shows and on this network we give some props to keller williams alliance trusted name in real estate, KWA and Keller Williams Alliance. Yes, Realty Partners as well. Judah Wickhauer, if you could, go to the studio camera and a four-shot, and let's welcome a talented panel to the program. Friends, good Wednesday morning. How is everyone doing? Good. Wonderful. It's great to have you guys. You
1: know, at at a certain age, just getting up is a good thing. So that's who we are. We're up and rocking and rolling. Especially with
0: young kids in the household, and I think three of the four panelists here have young kids in the household. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely.
1: absolutely. It, 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 it's funny. Uh, Jonah and I were talking about this on the way in today both of us like woke up at three o'clock in the morning and couldn't go back to sleep and we just got up and started working and we we're like you know we should have had kids at 60 something <laughs> because you can't sleep anyway and, and you're up so it's kind of this weird thing that that happens in nature but you know uh, if I could get a full night's sleep that would be a great thing at uh, over 60 so maybe nature's playing a little bit of a trick on us but Carly yeah Tell us a little bit about yourself. You've got some awesomeness, because you're a professional engineer, yeah.
2: right? I am um, Carly Wagner. I uh, am married with three kids, kids—ten, almost ten, seven and three. Um,
1: you're a rock
0: star. <laughs> Just say that right there. Three kids. I,
2: I am a professional engineer. Um, I am a consulting structural forensic engineer specializing in the building envelope, and um, We do a lot of, uh, we started doing a lot of construction litigation, so being expert witnesses in construction litigation projects. Um, Then some of the more sophisticated owners started engaging us um, to help prevent and be more proactive and stop problems before they happen. So we specialize in the building envelope. We do um, a lot of peer reviews for new construction, owner's representation during construction to be sure that things are being constructed in accordance with the contract documents um, and all applicable code standards and industry standards. Um, and then we also, the design work that we do is retrofit renovation and restoration work. So um my big project that I'm wrapping up right now was we were restoring like the Virginia State Capitol, and nice. we've redone the West Virginia State Capitol. And um, I do a lot of work at NIH because I specialize in hydrothermal analysis, which is heat and moisture transport across building envelope assemblies. And so I know we're talking about track builds and custom builds today. So our first home in the Charlottesville area, me and my husband built with Ryan Homes. We used a realtor back in 2009. Um, now, then our current home that we're in is a custom-built home. Um, we did not use a realtor. Um, but as two engineers, we felt happy to go through assessing land, finding land, engaging the contractor, and overseeing the design and construction of our own home. Um, since then, I've helped a couple of other friends throughout their custom home design and construction process. And a lot of people will say, like, you don't know what you don't know. There is a lot to do during a construction of a custom home. And so one of the friends that I helped was Miss Katie Pearl. um, KTP. Yeah. And she encouraged me to get my real estate license. So about mm, 15 months ago, I got my real estate license. And my... Goal, I guess, and advocacy where my passion is, is the services that we have been providing institutional owners uh-huh. like UVA and the state of Virginia and building owners that have billions of dollars in building stock that they have to own for perpetuity. I don't feel like residential owners who are investing their $1 million in their forever home are getting the same owners' representation and advocacy. As you know they should when you're investing in your um home
0: so, so that's a value proposition you provide
2: that is the value proposition I provide as uniquely as a licensed professional practicing engineer and a real estate agent, so eventually, what my goal would be in my dream would be is to take on one to three clients a year that are looking to purchase land, help them assess the land, um, help them envision what types of homes could be uh, constructed or not constructed on the property, the constraints of the property, um, help them through the design process, help them through the construction process, because, I mean, I negotiate construction contracts all the time, um, and then help them through the construction administration process, and so that they have somebody on equal ground as the builder with as much technical, I would say more technical skills about codes and compliance with contract documents than the builder to ensure that construction is executed the way the contract documents
0: require. I I love it. I absolutely love it. And why I love it is because Carrie's background is in construction, Keith's background is in construction and development. So we legitimately have a panel of pros pros when it comes to today's topic matter. A snapshot on Carrie Griggs, if we could.
3: Okay, yeah, so I started in the construction industry when I moved straight out of high school. Actually, I did some summer's jobs as well. I was the boots on the ground, the uh, masonry, so I started from the foundation up, uh, turned into a carpenter, then I evolved into eventually a project manager. So I've had a little bit of experience in all things. And like Carly said, there is a lot of things that you don't know that you just don't know until you get into the thick of it. So I've built all from track homes, mobile homes, to multi-million custom homes. So I got a little bit of everything in there. I did a little bit of commercial construction. um, And from there, turned into a real estate agent that also helps their clients. Purchase land and go from the start to finish. I look at the contracts as well and just kind of mediate between the two, between the client and the builder, and help my clients walk through the process as they're going through the construction stages. Um, you know, many different clients from your first-time home buyers buying new construction to those experienced buying new construction. So um, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Just uh, I personally love working with land because it's such an open template that you can pretty much do anything you would like to do on it as long as the soil, you know, your feasibility
1: study works fairly well. So um, my background, I'm a recovering developer and builder. Everybody (laughs) knows the story, yada, yada, yada. So one of the things that excited me about today is what, what I would want to try to do is take a little bit of a deeper dive into the difference I call them production, but you can call them track, mm-hmm. and customs. So let's take the easy one, right? So the easy one first is the production, right? So as real estate professionals, um, you know, a lot of folks do not know the process for new construction. A lot of real estate agents do not know the process of real uh, new construction from a real estate agent's perspective. So, Kerry, I'm going to let you kick off. I'm a client. I want to buy one of our fine sponsors of Stanley Martin Home and one of their developments. What's the first thing that you're going to want to talk to me about? So I'm going to get you pre-qualified
3: first and make sure that you have uh, the proper financing for it and then once we do that we're going to go and we're going to talk to one of their sales reps and we're going to see what your options are as far as uh, someone like Stanley Martin they have communities and that they're already developing so uh, that versus a custom home, you're going to be limited to where you can put the location. I don't believe, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, they don't build outside of those developments that they're already doing. Correct? You can't go buy a Who, piece Stan of land. Stanley Martin
1: or some of the yeah? So, Stanley so Martin. the pool of buy. So since the time of great unpleasantness, yeah, uh, between 2008 and 2010, for the most part, small to medium builders evaporated from yeah. the market. So there's the larger builders. Right, these are the Stanley Martins, the Ryans, Southern Development, those kind of folks, Atlantic, uh, Green Greenwood, I think is the new one mm-hmm. on that. So they are date by developments and, and they move on. But I, I, w- I want to get to the custom a little bit later because I really want okay. to tap into, in, into that. But one of the things is whoever real estate agents are watching, um, it's very important. For if our clients go without us there, what is the one thing that these clients need to talk to the representative? Sales rep, that they're being
3: represented by the real estate agent. There you Mm -hmm. go. And then this way they know that they have somebody on their side that's going to be advocating for them when it comes to the building process and get somebody that's experienced with it. Somebody that knows it from the ground up because there's going to be things that you're going to be able to help your buyers and prevent them from getting into a sticky situation. Um, So, uh, pre drywall. So, so I have a
1: client right now, New Construction, it's not one of our fine sponsors, um, did not register us, went went through the contract, we had no idea of it. Um, Now they're in a bit of a sticky wicket. Uh, with them, and they didn't get a home inspection Ooh. because they were never told they could get a home inspection, yep. right? Because they won't tell you that unless yeah. you ask for it. Pre drywall. A uh, pre drywall on it, and we're going to talk. And, and Carrie, I'd love love your feedback on on inspections, home inspections, um, right? And and I couldn't help; my hands were tied. Now I'm helping the best I can, but my hands were tied because they did not say, hey, I'm working with Keith, Keith and Jonas yeah. Smith. So it's very important to do that. And oh, by the way, um, they're not getting a 3% discount or a 2% yeah. discount.
2: Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I was going to say. So for for track builds, I mean, the prices that you're getting from the builders, that already has all the commissions baked in. And they're not going to back off of that. So they're just going to pocket that as extra profit to themselves. They're not going to, out of the goodness of their heart, just give you a price reduction or some free upgrades. Um, the, with track homes, I guess, though, it's it, the, the, some of the pros are it's more of a streamlined process. There, There's less. If you get to pick some packages of colors and finishes, you get to pick from... Three or four floor floor plans plans, and a couple of upgrades um but you and you get to pick from the available lots but you can't really move completely new floor plans and you can't change the construction contract terms whether it's fixed price i mean they're all going to be fixed price and um in some markets i don't think it's happening here and definitely your sponsors wouldn't be doing this in some markets it has been known that so for track homes the builder owns the land and the builder owns it throughout construction and you buy it as a turnkey home at the end of the project. So when prices were increasing astronomically in other markets, builders were selling homes literally out from under buyers. So you put a contract in. Yeah,
1: but I'll push back a little bit on that. So the big difference between production And custom, you know, when when two-by-fours were going through the roof and construction was going through the roof, they didn't have cost-accelerating clauses in it where custom contracts do. And and we'll get into that a Mm -hmm. a little bit later, and that's a big caution for custom buyers because if materials go up, the, the builder will eat a small percentage of it. After that, it's on you. Yeah, yeah
2: but I was just touching on the fact that ownership and financial responsibility Absolutely. transitions at the end of construction, that the, con- the, the builder, the developer, and the track home owns all the land, owns all the dirt, has all of that, and could theoretically sell your turnkey home. They would walk away from your contract and sell it to somebody else. I don't think that's going to happen here. But, but.
1: but for the sake of a talk show, I as the buyer can get out of that deal a lot easier. Right. Yeah. So on mm-hmm. so let's yeah. it's a you two edge. Yeah. You don't like
2: your loan that you ended up getting. Your loan doesn't yep. go through mm-hmm.
1: something like that if it's a custom you're committed, right? Because yeah. you now own. Well, the you own, own
2: the land That's usually exactly on the right. custom. So now so, you yeah. So I
1: think the big key issue for the takeaway for folks who are looking for the difference between production and and custom it's all about the land, right? Mm-hmm. On the production side of it you do not own the land. It's just like buying any other house. Yep. Right? On the custom end of it, you own it, right? And, and uh, when I used to do custom constructions, I used to make the property owner sign the first deed of trust mm-hmm. over to me because I was getting 10 million, 20 million line of credits, and I was taking all the risk. And I used to actually make them make them sign the first deed of trust. don't know if that's being done now. This was no. 10 or 15 yeah, years ago.
2: I wouldn't recommend that my yep. buyers do that. Oh, yeah,
1: sure. Why would you not? That's a good <laughs> um, question. Because
2: I think that if they wanted to fire their contractor, they should be able to fire their contractor. So for custom homes, yes, you can fire your contractor, yep. send them a cure notice. If they don't cure, it's put to cure. They're gone. They're off the project. Now, you do have a half-constructed home that you're going to have to find somebody else to come in and complete it, but you, he doesn't have a lien to your property as long as you've given him your most recent draw.
0: Our client just went through that. Um, our client, uh, Dominion Custom Homes, took over for a builder. That ran into uh, some significant financial hardship <sighs> yeah. in the market. Yeah. I won't highlight who that builder is so I can help. You know, we can... In tough times for this particular outfit. But our uh, client, John Kerber, Dominion Custom Homes, took over a home that was maybe 25%, 30% and done. Mm-hmm. And, and literally yes. had to take over the project, get the plans, and help it come yeah. to market in that state of the project.
1: So mm-hmm. well, I'm helping three clients with uh, taking over the same situation. And the problem with that is uh, it's a listing that Yon and I just put on at the Acres. That client is building with somebody else because of this. They lost $50,000. Right, so they, they couldn't get back that money because of all the lien waivers and so forth. And yeah, then.
2: it's usually a big it loss a because everybody doesn't agree to the same value of so what construction price. is completed. Well, it's
1: it's a matter of what the lender has lent mm-hmm. on it, and they generally keep the builder behind the eight Yeah, April.
2: that's something else I think is, in like, when we get to custom, I don't know no, if yeah, you, no, you want to no, move on from we're, track. Go, the you, whole you, loan process power- and draw process and um, sometimes people have a misunderstanding about who that loan belongs to and who is actually requesting those draws. What do you
0: mean by that? Put that in perspective. Oh, yeah.
2: So, on a this custom a topic home, right here. on a custom home, it is the owner's loan. It is their funds. They should be requesting the draws. A lot of times builders, especially in this area because it's a small town, everybody knows everybody. Builders are going directly to the bank and builders are requesting draws whether or not they've been signed off from by the owner. Um and I think that's not the way it's supposed to it, I know that's not the way it's supposed to go I think that has a conflict of interest and I think that people have to remember that it's the owner's money and the the bank works for the owner it does not work for the builder
1: so, so there's, there's multiple, the builder, step, there's multiple yeah. steps to that mm-hmm. right and as an owner's rep as an engineer you should also be signing off
2: 100 off
1: on those mm-hmm. things also part of the problem is and that was the problem with this other builder which will remain name nameless they were not getting their lien waiver signed right
2: yep well, it could be, and that's the difference between a posted job and a yes, non-posted exactly. job. Yes, exactly. So for a non-posted job, you don't have to have individual and mechanically in signed at every signed at every draw. Oh, I, I love
1: geeking out on yeah. I know, and I think the viewers so and the listeners are listening this. So it has to do with how the building permit
2: this. is pulled and filed. I
0: see
3: my boy, Kerry mm-hmm. Griggs, his wheels turning here.
0: I want to <laughs> get back into that. Yeah, we should All talk right. about
1: this.
3: Jump in. No, no, uh, you know, it just, you know, there's so many different facets to this conversation that uh, I like just listening to everybody's different points of views um you know I've I've been on all sides of this spectrum um without building a custom home for myself Uh, I personally have a more production side home um but you know I'm just geeking out on the conversations between all all three of you guys and
2: touching back on the the bank situation another thing that I've had because I've helped three friends just out of the goodness of my heart the process. Another big issue that I see is um, in your construction documents, uh-huh. it has the contract, the specifications and the drawings. In, okay. in the contract, part of that will include a schedule of values. And that schedule of values is set up to dictate how much the contractor will get paid for each line item upon completion. Some banks are not actually using that Uh, schedule of values in their draw schedule and they're instead just smearing costs of like okay well 2% goes to foundation 3% goes to framing and that might not line up exactly with the builders and your actual contract between the owner and the builder's schedule of values. So sometimes And I would advocate that banks be required to use the contract schedule of values because if you don't use that contract schedule of values, the amount the contractor paid versus complete can vary and be ahead of the game or behind the game. And I've seen it get builders in trouble because their cash flow is messed up because the banks uh, kind of... Uh, you know, rear loading the schedule of values versus front loading the schedule of values, and I've seen it burn uh, owners. For, too. So,
1: for the folks out there who are considering a custom home, right, mm-hmm. this posted and non posted is a very important topic yes. to talk about because who drives that? That ship the of person post,
2: who builds the who who pulls the building. Which is it, typically Which is typically the builder. That's exactly
1: right. And
2: she you knows your stuff. the owner. Yeah. Yeah. So construction administration is what I do for a living. Ginny Who uh, is
0: giving you props. You're getting props from Dylan's rule on Twitter. Keep going. Uh, People are um, loving this.
2: So initially my builder did not yeah. pull it as did not pull the building as a posted as a posted building permit. So I had to have him redo that because it goes into all at, at every draw. Request you have to have title sign off. You have to have your agent sign off, your escrow uh, closing agent sign off, and you have to have a you know lien check against it. And if it's po- if it's a posted job, you don't have to go and have individual mechanic liens signed from every single person who's walked on the project.
1: So you know the other reason why it's so important is mm-hmm. folks who swing hammers may swing a hammer for a living. Uh, yes, if that's very true. If it's not if it or paint or 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 a contractor, if it's not posted. They're never going to So get essentially,
2: paid. and probably people don't know, posted means that you know everybody has the building permit posted on, on when you have to go to construct, so be legally a construction site. Posted lists a mechanic lien agent exactly. who is an attorney. Mm-hmm. And any uh, vendor or um, contractor or mechanic that steps onto the site should check that building permit and look exactly. for that mechanic's lien agent. And they, I think believe they have 30 days to register from their first <coughs> time on site. Register with that mechanic lien. Set. hey, I'm doing work on this project. You know, I, I reserve the right to file a lien against this property if I don't get paid.
1: The moment a tool comes out of a vehicle, mm-hmm. they have 30 days from that. Yeah. How about
0: this question that just came in from North Downtown's finest, Grayson? He says, for the panel, how many of the uh, deals new construction-wise estimate? are uh, unrepresented deals where it's just a client dealing with um, either a developer or a builder without representation? It's a great question.
2: I think I, I don't half? know how we would figure uh, yeah. that out. Uh, 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 track versus actually, custom, I don't know. Yeah,
1: so that's actually not that difficult to do okay. on the production side of the house, right? On the
2: custom side, it's on hard because it's side the land. It's
1: very difficult. It's
2: the only thing
1: you see is yeah. the transaction. So let's talk about that for a second. From a market perspective, Um Custom homes don't usually end up in the MLS. Mm-hmm. No, right? Nope, uh, they they should. They should be entering as comps only, right? To help us figure out what the construction, what the market is. If
2: a realtor was involved in the construction contracting, that's exactly. They're right. usually not.
1: Yeah. So they Typically don't they usually end up end up in it, but on the production side, that's easy enough to answer, because all you do is we look in the individual yes. transaction yes. and says represented or non-represented. non-represented. That's an easy. Yeah, so I just don't have it at the, at the tip of my fingers, but. but and it is I easier.
2: wanted to mention another just like third wheel out there that people aren't realizing. So we've production and custom. Some there, another option is owner builder. So I don't recommend it for no. most people. No. However, I tell us what haven't. owner builder is. So first. owner builder is somebody who doesn't want to have a general contractor. That they're confident either in their own um, construction self. experience and their own um, sub contractor relationships. That they can go ahead. You do not have to be a licensed contractor to build your own home. So instead of paying a general contractor, aka builder and his markups and overhead and supervision, you can save substantial amounts of money if you're willing and experienced enough to put in the work and do owner builder, where you are directly contracting with all of the trades, and self-performing some of them if you wanted to as so well. So in
1: the state of Virginia, if you build for yourself, you do not need a class A contract. Correct. No.
2: That's an owner builder. And so what I would recommend, and um is unless you're a builder or an engineer and you know that it's going to be a full-time job for you for a year and accept that, hey, I'm going to save 20% on my custom home, you know. The GC's um, fee. The GC's fee. You know, I think um, in hindsight, I think I would probably do owner-builder. But future. you're
0: sophisticated and have right. experience. Right. You would not say this I'm is for the average Joe or average Seth. Well, staff. I think it I depends
2: would who you know. It. So I know my friends just did it, um, but they used a consultant and I helped them throughout so the process, that's, that's answering the questions. That's the yeah. And um, my uncle is getting ready to do it. He's going to be his own GC and I'm going to help. I mean, he'll be the GC on paper. Okay. But I'll be the. You're running
0: the show behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so Luke Dravo giving mm-hmm. Carrie Griggs props, hey, Joshua Ostrowski. Yep. Uh, giving Carrie props. Katie Pearl is singing uh, Carly's praises right here. She says, Katie Pearl, who's in the game with KWA, uh, Carly was extremely valuable to us when we were navigating our new custom build. She's extremely knowledgeable in the process. I don't know what our family would have done without her. Rant, Randy O'Neill watching the program. Great suggestions by this panel. And Randy O'Neill also highlights real estate agent Collins Huff who Randy O'Neill says knows everything about horse farms and horse properties in this area. So people dropping knowledge here. you got six firms watching. Carrie Griggs, I want you to jump in here. Anywhere you want to go, we adapt to you. Keith Smith, follow up after Carrie.
3: You know, uh, Carly was on to something with the owner build stuff. Uh, and But unless you're experienced or have some kind of knowledge or background into that, I would never recommend it. That's why you hire your GC. Um, or an engineer or a consulting. It's going to be, you know, you're hiring somebody there to go through there with you. You know, we kind of just skipped over the production homes, So I just want to go back to the production homes because that is where the majority of your clientele is going to be as a real estate agent. And that's what's going to be the most affordable for it. Custom homes are great. And if you can get a custom home, that's fantastic. The percentage
1: of the market is very minimal.
3: Yeah. um, But... Uh, the production side of things, having a knowledge and experienced person there to guide you, whether it be an engineer consulting or a real estate agent, like Keith said earlier, most of the times' homeowners don 't even know that they can do a pre drywall ins- so inspection talk
1: about that. Why is that important?
3: Because some of these things that the county will approve you know they 're only in the house for maybe an hour at the most where your inspector's going to spend about three hours and they 're going to actually shake wall and uh, check you know, seal place to make sure they're securely fastened, Uh, make sure that they have blocking where it's supposed to be for your handrails coming down the line after trim stages. I mean, there's just so many things to it, Um, you know, just...
2: I think... I think it's a misnomer. I think people think, oh, the county does inspections. Why do yeah. I have to do inspections? And the county is just looking for bare minimum code requirements, yeah. which have, means I am not illegal. I have, that doesn't mean I'm quality.
1: I have never done a home pre-drywall no. home inspection that I did not end up with a punch list. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's the other good thing about it. So what happens is is you have your engineer, because you can hire an engineer to do mm-hmm. that, right, mm-hmm. it, or a home inspector to go do that. You generate this list because we have a process with a home inspection removal contingency addendum and there's a list and you get to get these lists done and then we or the engineer or the home inspector gets to go back and say okay these things are checked Uh, constantly and and it's just I think you're giving the building inspector a, a I've never seen a building inspector be in a house more than 10, 15 mm-hmm. minutes. If yeah. they
2: go in, I was... Yeah, I, was, I, I tried to be the generous. Uh, that, one yeah, time to I that never. And I was happy I've never there was an issue with one of our staircases, and they wanted to put a door where there couldn't be a door. And I knew the answer to it and what we wanted fixed. Um, and the uh, inspector, I was like, great, we're following him in. I'll carry him in, and I'll tell them, you know, hey, don't they have to have a three-foot extension on the landing here? They can't put a door right here. Um, and the, so I went into the house. The inspector never got out of his car. He then just signed the paper. <laughs> (laughs) first and left and i was like well wait a second i was gonna have the inspector here to reiterate to my builder like hey you can't get away with putting a door so to that to
1: that respect like we just closed a new construction at lake monticello (laughs) because of my experience I, i did the final walkthrough took a look at it and they took a dryer vent from the second story went through the garage ceiling penetrated the drywall made a right and went out so they 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 penetrated the fire
2: yeah, the envelope barrier yep.
1: envelope, and uh, the building inspector didn't catch it
2: yeah. Really? yeah building inspectors don't so county building inspectors actually have no no liability and no it's it's nothing
1: so so what happened here, and we will leave names of people out mm-hmm. um they got the c o then poked a the hole through it and did it. Uh, mm.
3: so you know ah, man, this is such a delicate topic because, you know, uh, these people are out here doing the inspection, but like they said, it's, it's very They're basic very inspections, yeah. um, you know, and I actually carry a code book in my truck just so that when I am on a job site or I ask the inspector... You know, if something fails, because every now and then you'll get caught, and then something will not get caught, but they'll fail something. And so I, I just simply ask them, well, what's the best remedy of it? And then so we go to the code book, and uh, I try to educate myself because there's no way that you can know every code that's out there, or maybe you can. Yeah. I have a pretty good memory of codes. Well I mean, right. it's, every, it's, it's no, ever changing. I no, yeah, no, I know she does that <laughs> write codes. But, but yeah. it's ever changing though. So there's no I, possible I way that yeah. you know
1: everything. The point, code. No, the point no, I was trying to bring code. here is that's why having a trusted advisor part of it, an engineer, a real estate agent, a home inspector through that, if that client wasn't represented, mm-hmm. it would have closed. They would have moved into it with a dry event coming through a fire protection, fire, uh, penetrating the firewall, and and going out. So that's why it's important, you know, even if we're not engineers or haven't built 600 homes or, or swing a hammer, there's some basic coverage that realtors can provide, particularly along with the home inspectors in the new construction environment. Uh, this case... Was not a simple mistake. This case was something more than that, and it got caught at the end.
0: You're getting props right now from Katrina Elizabeth. Um, oh, she used to work with us. On Facebook, she's watching right now. Realtors watching the program. Ivy Haynes, hello. You got a planning commissioner watching the program right now. Kyle Irvin with the police department watching the show. Rachel GM is giving you the hearts emoji oh, on the feed yes. right now. Uh, Dr. John Shave, the owner of Pro Renata, watching the program. The entrepreneur, Andre Xavier. Trip Stewart, the real estate investor. Roger Voisinet, uh, giving the show props. Seth Batten, giving the show props right now. Uh, Woody Finch, um, hello. Uh, this question's come in, and this is a very good question. And why don't I throw this to Carrie um, this is from Nancy Long. She says, what's the panel's take on new construction market over the next 6 to 12 months?
3: I think that's where most of your business is going to be at. I don't see owners that have a 3% interest rate, 3.5% interest rate selling anytime soon. So I think your best bet is probably new construction if you want to get into the home in the next 12 to 24 months. What do you take on that, Carly? I know you got a take. <laughs>
2: um yeah i think 12 to 24 months that's key and and i mean i really feel for those that need to be in a home before 12 to 24 months and that's where maybe you got to find a rental yeah and and i think 24 months is you should plan for 24 months with with construction these days right now
1: yeah so there's a difference right we're getting back to just production and custom Yeah. yeah it's clearly on the Customs side, you're 24 months assuming you can even find a builder. Yeah. Just you? Just assuming
2: you already have the land. Right. So you I, already, I, know, right. if you're looking for land. After
1: this question, yeah. I wrote down the word land because this is very important to, to have that conversation how Correct. you acquire the land, and how you go through, through the process. I can tell you on the production side, um, it is slowing down. Um, it's slowing down intently. Um, and it's slowing down because the builders, the production builders, don't have any inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know what they're doing is they and I'm in the room and a lot of these discussions they're trying to tailor their output with their input. So, how many lots are coming online and how many lots how many homes are going out and tailor their their production. The
2: higher interest rates and carrying costs. The second
1: part is I can tell you I know at least of probably 1000 lots to 1500 lots that are just being in the horizontal work that they're waiting for that very thing. They're waiting for that very thing for somewhere in the first to second quarter for interest rates to drop, and then they're going to start turning product product out. So we're going to be in a lull somewhere between now and new construction mm-hmm. on the production side, I think, until the second quarter, somewhere around that, and then you're going to start seeing more product. What do you think, Kerry?
3: I think he's right. Um, Until these interest rates come down, I don't think the builders are going to move on much. Uh, Even, you know, custom builders.
1: It's inflation, too. The costs are just,
3: and they can sit on the land. I know builders now, you know, I, I tend to do a lot of new construction. So, builders now, they're not even popping them out of the ground. There's no spec homes being built, any of that stuff. So, basically, you have to promote a floor plan. On a piece of land that the, either the builder owns or that you know the uh, or find uh, clients that are ready to build and then have to find a builder that will build on that piece of land itself. I think there are very limited builders that will build on an individual's piece of land if uh, if it's not a custom home. And if you are looking in that you know anything less than four fifty five hundred thousand, man, that is a tough market to be in right now. Unless you want to go with one of their. Uh, you can go with a townhome, but a lot of people that are looking for that $550, let us say 650
0: One of our builder clients, and he's custom, doesn't touch anything under $1.5. Oh, yeah, so exactly. You
1: can't touch a custom. It's
0: not even worth the
3: time. I mean, you show me a builder that will build a 3,000-square-foot you know, home, 650 on a, you on know, just a random homeowner's piece of land. There's very few of them out there unless you're on a panel where you can tell me at least a list of them.
2: There's not a list. I think, so it's like the whole thing, time, quality, cost, pick two. So there are some builders that will build. I mean, ours was under six. I know, I mean, and it's a... For for
0: just the uh, the project, not including the land, that was
2: for construction. That was
0: construction. Mm -hmm. Construction. Okay, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. was construction,
2: and that was in twenty nineteen. Right, different labor market and
1: cost of goods. My
2: friend who who built their own GC, they were under six. My uncle who's building, he's going to be under six. Um, So that's the vertical. Y- yeah, That's not the including land acquisition. Not including the land, and,
1: no. but and, I mean, if
2: custom, you're you have the land. You've got to own the land, not right before you but, move but in. But also,
1: your... and this is a this is an expense that most folks do not think of: the cost to run the driveway a quarter mile down the road. Site work, or mm-hmm. exactly like right, the horizontal work, the septic work, the well work, um, closest power is an Half a mile away, and you have to pay to bring it. Well, to that's the, why the,
2: you need your realtor when you're looking at land to talk you through internet and all so of that. Stuff, that to to. So let's do that because
1: that's where I want to get uh, to. I want to get to Slopes,
2: the setbacks, the zoning, what you can build, can you have an accessory dwelling unit? um Is there stream buffers? What other easements are on the property? Um, I love
0: this doing, I love a, this doing a
2: soil study <laughs> and understanding what the soil study says understanding beautiful. and getting well records of neighbors and how deep they were so you can get an order of magnitude cost an idea of what your well is going to cost um, so how, how
1: do we protect our client in a land purchase so I do that they, all that
2: research for them
1: <laughs> so how do, we, how do we protect our client Study period. A con- study period. Yeah, feasibility study
2: period. And feasibility yep. study. So a,
1: lot, so a land contract well. has a provision in it. Mm-hmm. You have to negotiate it, right? You have to negotiate the time. I think
2: it's uh, eleven, Article
1: Eleven. Uh, I believe you're right. Well done. Well, eleven. <laughs> I told
2: you I can remember codes. Eleven, <laughs> <that's so awesome. laughs> 11
1: is feasibility. Twelve is septic. Soil. Yeah. soil. There Actually, you go. I soil.
3: love this yeah. right here. So
1: what's your name? There you go.
3: <laughs> so not not only that, uh, you know, we always talk about the soil study well and everything like that, but your study period is not just that. It's uh, you know, finding out who your electric company is, how far they have to bring the electric to the, is, is there you know, a requirement yeah. that most of my, qui- my, my clientele is they have to have high speed internet or you know, fiber optics. So that's what your study period is there for. It's not just to test the soil and mm-hmm. see if it's feasible to put a house on the
1: property. Uh, the study period is meant for all kinds of things. And the term in it is at your sole discretion. Yeah. So you really don't have to give a list Of what you're studying, Um, and if there's anything in it that you do not like, it's like the HOA uh, provision in 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 the contract that you can terminate the contract Mm if you find something that you don't have to give any excuse, any reason. Yeah, the article's
2: written vaguely enough that it's that you have to do your due diligence, feasibility study, including, but it doesn't exclude anything else, X, Y, and Z, um, and then to that the purchasers intent for the property can be fulfilled i believe
1: and so you probably can recite this verbatim <laughs> ashley palmer
0: saying hi to the panel right now what's up ashley palmer hey she's ashley. watching the show hey ashley uh she's town, sold realty, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. town
0: realty i believe town realty charles welton right. saying carry mm-hmm. the hardest working man in the business he's right actually
3: there. a really good contractor himself he does a good building,
0: Scott, building.
3: he does a palmyra buckingham area he's, he's all giving all you props. Over the place. Another tradesman. I love the tradespeople. Scott Gillespie, Griggs, can't help
0: but tune into these chats when you're a guest. Good relevant talk Thanks, for bro. me to tune into as well from Scott Gillespie right now. You have eight real estate firms watching the panel right now. I see three engineering firms watching the oh, panel right now know which ones? and a couple of settlement attorneys. I will highlight them in a matter of moments. But first, the question, uh, this one's come in right now for the panel, um, find a piece of land in Albemarle County right now to build and tell me how this project can be constructed in the next 18 months. I understand that new construction may be a way to solve the tight inventory we have right now on the market, but please prove me wrong and show me where the land is to build and a project that can be finished in less than 18 months. That's a great, great, great yeah, comment from we, Sally right it's there. It's funny. I'm lo- before 24. he asked that
1: question, I'm yeah. looking for land. Yeah. So there is well, the reason she's available. talking about this is because of
0: lease renewals. Yeah. She goes, because it's going to yeah. tie us into long term leases here. It's yeah. a great topic right yeah. here. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I have some, it's Green County. I have some land under contract in Green County. Um, they close on Friday. They probably will build within three years, though, not 18 months. Three they need years? To, they want to build up their cash. Okay. So they want to build up their cash. If you're doing custom, that's another big thing. I really recommend you have a lot of cash on hand because um, you are gonna need it. Um You're gonna go over. <laughs> You're gonna go over and what's
0: up, Roger Voice and I <laughs>
2: um but there there's land there's a couple yeah. of lots off Buck Mountain Road. I live off Buck Mountain Road. There's there it was originally like a twenty seven lot a thing that's been now been split into six five or six different lots. Mm. Um Long County, there's a lot off of um it's in Barbersville, um
1: on um, Buck Mountain. Not be off look.
2: Buck Mountain. That's in Earliesville. Advance mills. watching. on east of 29. They're actually Palmer's. Gary and Ashley Palmer's listings. Um, the road. Uh, Burnley Station yep. Road. Um, I have a friend who is going to be subdividing two acres off her farm at and be listing it soon. Uh, there's land. Um, in the, the 18 months, if you have a builder and a house already designed, Maybe 18 months. Yeah, if you don't have a builder and a contract in place and a house designed, like or we land were saying acquired. before, it's, yeah. it's 24 months.
1: Even yeah. if you have the land, by the time yeah. going through the lending process, the, the design, design process, the selection. So Sally order. goes,
0: that's my point here. How yeah. is this going to solve the tight inventory market if it's this long a process yeah. and this well,
2: expensive? It, it's not going to. So, so let, mean, let's,
1: let's be yeah. honest. What the conversation we're having about custom homes is not not ever, the solution. To never no, no, going to no. help. These are. This is not going to increase. Uh, Housing affordability, it's not going to do any of that. But, but, Carrie's itching to jump in here on this topic. You think differently, huh?
3: Well, no, no, no. This is, uh, you know, I've been on this show a couple times now, and this is why I always preach to, you know, teach the trades. This is something that has been a big problem. For the past, as long as I've been around, everybody has pushed the college and get a, a, you know, a nice desk job. These are why we need to be pushing the trades, because for every four people that retire, there's only one person to step into their place. And that's a big problem. That's He's a, a thousand percent problem. right. And, and I'll put this in perspective: K Tech, the Charlottesville Technical Education Center,
0: doesn't even have enough teachers to teach the students. Yeah, yeah. So if you are looking to make some bank and masonry, you're,
2: concrete, there it, framing, it is. That's Young that's
0: millennials up. and Gen Zers, maybe it's not HVC. the four-year college where you're coming out a quarter million dollars in debt with the degree. You're Ooh. probably going to have to go to graduate school. I'm not throwing but shade. Gonna I'm gonna not just not being realistic. But you're
2: going to not hundred thousand dollars a year. You're going to make you can- if you go
0: into the trades, you're going to make a hundred grand. You're going to start right off the bat. And it's. I think the trades have gone back to being sexy again. Where Carrie has made the point. I
2: think construction workers are sexy.
0: Okay, (laughs) there we go. There we go from Wagner right now. Nothing like
2: a mason. Ashley (laughs)
0: Palmer says Gilbert Station Road, two Uh lots for sale under 200k right now. And Ashley says, Carly was my first listing ever. Aww. I absolutely love her. She's um, You're getting props from Brian Harris. Dude, the show is blowing up right now. Um, so viewers and listeners, you can ask questions to this panel. I think we got the pros pros here. Um, okay. This is a really good one for the panel. Why are the production builders coming to a complete halt with their
1: development projects?
2: Because they don't want to build um, spec homes. Yeah, and they, and they don't to
1: want to carry and pay interest in all looked, that land. I they, just literally looked single-family detached, Albemarle County, new construction. There's seven homes.
2: Single-family detached, Albemarle
1: yeah. County. There's seven homes. So those are spec homes. These, these some of spec homes, most of them are paper. Okay. And they're yeah. not even
2: probably, con- yeah. They're not yeah. under construction. They, so one of those is a they, profit I mean, rich.
1: so they, so they. His, the answer but is, as good. we said earlier, they don't want to. They don't want to overbuild yeah. th- themselves. Everybody so they, remembers two thousand eight,
2: but it also gives owners the ability to impact Sorry. some change. Like you, if you go for new construction, owners want to make those selections. That's the that's the appeal of new construction. You picked out the floors. You picked out this house. You know. If it's already built, we 90% built. So when it was
1: crazy built, in 2020, 2021, to your point, they would have houses that they would just start, and they would tell the client, selection's already made. Yeah. yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot. And people would buy yeah. it and, and move on. The market's changed considerably since mm-hmm. then.
3: They do do that. Uh, for the production builders or semi-production Liberty build. Will. You know, uh, there's, there's some good you know they do run the data and they find out what is most desirable yeah and they they do have designers come in there and they do make color palette selections because no one wants to paint their house bright pink or maybe they do (laughs) but it's not going to have great resale value so these people
1: come in and they do the data so the other difference on time Production builders, you it, it, you can get into a contract now. Depending on where, so in nine months, you'll be in a home. Yeah,
2: yeah, because they have much bigger subcontractors, and it does go back to like what Carrie was saying with the trades. Like they I, have economies I, of scale. I always say Charlottesville is the area with more education than common sense. Mm. Like we are True. too hyper educated, and we do not, we can't lay a tile in our bathroom floor. We can't replace the wax ring on our toilet, and. Yeah. There's enough people who are so educated enough that they're willing to pay the tradesman 300 bucks an hour to replace a waxing on his toilet. So Dude, I had a electri- are- the the
0: project we're doing on the second floor, the electrician we called, he said, "I'm not showing up for any work that's under 750."
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've had landscapes He literally tell told, me told me they're that. not dropping their trailer for less than $1,000. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the <laughs> guy, I'm like, "I have a project for you. Can you come within the next 2 weeks?" Terry, he goes, "I ain't showing up for less than 750."
1: So so as one who's been in this business since 87, and seen cycles go on and on. That's always a slippery slope, right? Because the business
0: dries up, and then people like me have sour taste with that.
1: Cyclicals happen. 2008, times of great unpleasantness. Part of the reason why we are short is because of, hey, everybody was talked into going into college. The other reason was is the drywall person, the mason, whatever, went to work for Walmart Mm -hmm. making very good money, mm-hmm. health benefits. Oh, by the way, I'm indoors. I'm not it's sucking, not hard work. I'm not sucking drywall yeah, dust, yeah. right, mm-hmm. on that stuff of it. But on the flip side of that, I talk about this all the time. My little brother is a trim, trim I call him doctor. He's a trim carpenter, high-end trim carpenter in Richmond. That's right. Me. Shows up with his little bag of tools. He says, give me the job by myself. I don't want nobody around mm-hmm. it. And he'll go through and do it. And he makes more money than most doctors make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Kristen Diane says, Go Carrie, F- full of knowledge right now. You're getting props from Kristen. You're getting props right now from, is it Jonah Moore? Mm-hmm. Joanna Moore? Uh-huh. Oh, Laura Sanders giving you props right now.
2: Thank you, guys. Agents, you, guys.
0: jump in with questions. Ray Cadell, welcome to the program. Commercial broker John Neal watching the program. Aaron King, one of uh, Western Emerald's finest graduates watching the show. Kelly Jackson, 18 hey, of Breads. Under her belt and management and ownership, watching the show as we speak. Travis Hackworth in Danville. I see four real estate investors of. I'm gonna okay, I'm not gonna blow your guys' spots. So I'm gonna do a very, very conservative estimate. I would say eight figures in holdings easy. Uh, one of them nine figures in holdings easy. Uh, watching the program right now. This is a question for Carrie Griggs and the entire panel. Carrie, what does he think with um, interest rates rising and the impact that's going to have on the car footprint? At the same time, of the citizenship expanding in its size, basically meaning more people moving to this area. A lot of headwinds
3: when it comes to affordability. The show is yours on that topic. Me and Keith were actually just talking about this yesterday at dinner. Last night and over so, a cocktail. Oh, uh, yep. And so you know what he was saying is he, you know, you would think that the interest rate would drive. You know, the home purchase is down, but it's actually going about with the same, uh, you know, with the purchasing and the interest rates going up. Uh, it's kind of crazy if you think about it, but, I mean, let's take it on a 10-year average. I mean, just the last three years, we have only seen these record low inventory rates uh, – sorry, not inventory – that too. Uh, but interest rates, uh, because on a 10-year average, you're right around that 7, 7.5% if you really look at the numbers. And I mean, in the 80s, you were still looking at like 12%. So. I- it's just, I'm not going to say that it's always a good time to buy, because that just sounds like a salesman's point of view, but you have to really dive yeah. into it and see what the person's needs are. Are they going to be here for the next uh, you know 10 years, and is it going to be better for them to be a homeowner at 8% versus renting and throwing their money away? Well, not throwing their money away, just being a little bit more flexible as far as where they live. So you just really have to dive into everybody's personal real estate needs. So Great take
1: on October 9th we're going to have Dr. Lisa Stervant who's the chief uh, economist economist excuse me for Bright and Woody Fincham sitting in here and we're actually going to be doing our quarter over quarter reports uh, to everybody for the car footprint in each individual uh, jurisdiction to see where we were tracking quarter over quarter we're going to be beating car to the punch to get its reports the reports out um, but <clears throat> look um, this inventory crunch is going to be around for a long time.
0: you think so,
2: Carrie? As long as people are fat and happy affording their (laughs) 2-3% interest rate. So I think maybe another thing that I'm just thinking of here that would help with the inventory and just help with the overall is is, and I don't know how you force it but having wages increase like Uh an increase in wages will get people more comfortable with the higher monthly payments and then they're not as fearful as... um, Leaving their 3% But wages are
1: increased. We're our medium. But when you
2: take into account inflation, wages have not. So, what really is, is there's a separation of wages,
1: right? There's a high wealth gap. There's a wealth gap. And it's only going to get bigger. Oh oh my gosh, it's going to widen big
0: time, especially when you see uh, the influence, and I talk about this all the time biotech, data science school, biotech school, and 11 billion smackaroos from Amazon. Into Louisa, you saw that.
3: I didn't see that, but that's great news. Eleven
0: billion dollar investment from Amazon. The board of supervisor off the record said a thousand new citizens coming, incremental new citizens, just from the eleven billion dollars in
1: Louisa. And that's employees. That doesn't include the contractors and all the work that's going to take the. Where are these
0: people going to live? Seriously.
1: So the Mets are doing really good. Who, seriously, uh, we're, no, we're, we're, no, if I we get 8,000 new people moving
0: here with data science, with UVA, with, with uh, student enrollment, with UVA hiring more people, and the Amazon thing, where are 8,000 new people going to live over the next five years? I'm so, glad
3: you said... Um, so no, it's
1: okay. You, you can answer. I
3: was, uh, I'm glad you said in the Louisa area, because if you are willing to drive... Most people are at That's where everybody was trying to move to. But if you stretch out a little bit, as Carly was saying earlier, you know, you got places like Scottsville. That's still Abomar County. But are you willing to drive drive 30 minutes to get to work if you work in the city of charlottesville you so, have places like louisa and flavana that still when you have take land the country
2: roads it's really only another four minutes you know the 20 minutes of everyone's commute is once you get inside side 250 or you get on 29 like the country roads are where you actually feel like you're going so home i every, like my commute so home. in new
1: construction new projects coming up if everybody's in agreement that attached homes are probably the best entry level townhomes, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I just asked Judah to put up slide number two on that, which is the the car footprint single family detached uh, versus versus attached. So it talks about whether. What but what's the important stat on there is what I have written in it. Over ninety five since since eight quarters going back, ninety five percent of all townhomes were built in Almar County.
2: Single family attached.
1: No, single-family like attached. Single attached. Single family I apologize. Attached. Thank you. Look at yeah, you. What you, said. you need to come back on more often because he's the only one that corrects me all the <laughs> time. For real, she should come back more.
0: She knows her stuff. I sincerely mean. So,
1: single-family attached. Thank you. Yeah. Townhomes, ninety-five percent of them are built in Almore County.
2: Well, and a lot of that has to do with zoning and infrastructure availability. You can't have attached homes on well and septic.
1: Now that, you know. <laughs> that correct. So so, so t-
0: offer insight to that for the for the layman that's so watching for, the program. For
2: Green Louisa, um, areas that don't have public water and public sewer systems available outside of, you know, your twenty-nine and thirty-three corridor, you can't build attached homes because you don't have the space to have all of your utilities and infrastructure privately owned on your own property. A well mm. and a septic is your drinking water supply and your wastewater system. So um, if you so single family attached, that all has to be off site. So it has to be tied into the major 100%. infrastructure, which you know a lot of counties, Goochland, Green, um, Augusta, they don't have that. They're yeah. uh, they're agricultural historically. Uh, counties. And some Eric, of, Eric
0: Thompson dropping comments here.
1: Eric so Thompson Eric, watching yes. the show. So in their growth areas, some of them have. So I yeah. can share, Pulvanic County has got about 200 townhomes coming up. Green County has probably closer to 500 townhomes coming up. This is pros, pro, over the process of the next 12 to 24 months. So there are going to be some of these counties that are going to have some townhome products Come out, of, come out of the ground, because these development process started eight years ago, six years ago, and they're now starting actually to get ready to go horizontal and mm-hmm. vertical. So you're going to see that 95 percent change a little bit, and I think you're going to see Alpena County slowing down. Yeah,
2: like to year 500 you mentioned. I think we talked about that's in standards, Bill, that You talked no, about
1: no, no, these are these already are under construction in green by green sheets. By go sheets,
2: but I think that's the thing the single-family attached, it takes long-term planning. And yep. you can't just say, you know what, I'm going to buy this land and I'm going to build 12 yep. townhomes on it. Yep. It takes long-term planning and approvals and studies and then bringing the infrastructure in. So it's a good five years before you can, you know, someone, developer, buys the land and is actually moving dirt and moving people. Kelsey this. I says would say this. at least five years.
0: Ashley, we'll get to your comment, um, Ashley Palmer. Kelsey says this prior to the Palmer comment. Um and the townhomes that are coming to market have eights and nines in front of them. It's not like they're actually affordable. <laughs> and she highlights uh, is North he, Point. North Point. North Point. With those yeah, projects there. No, no. So this is this is in green. Yes. This is okay. in
1: green in and They won't have eights in front of yeah. them. Yeah, no. yeah, but North Point don't, does. Uh, North, North so, so Point does. North Point are
2: I, single family detached.
1: Okay,
3: okay, that's
2: what oh, she's I highlighting
1: right now. They have, they is, have so. attached product. Yeah, yeah.
3: But you know, that's, that's more of like your custom production kind of home. Oh, they're beautiful? They're, well, yeah. Well, they're, so they're not custom. They're the not definition custom. Of well, a, but
0: they're elevated yeah. production. Yeah, yes. they're it's elevated. elevated production.
2: Luxury production.
1: Yeah, there you luxury, go. There you so go. the difference to attach this mm-hmm. is some of those are what I call villas or duplexes. Not, they are not necessarily stick townhomes where mm-hmm. there's five units or six units side by side. They're duplexes with a little bit of yard, and that throws off. Those numbers, because those numbers tend to be a little considerably higher yeah. than that. My reference was to Flavano and Green, and they'll probably be in the high twos and the low threes uh, mm-hmm. when they come online. Depending. Those
0: will sell all day, yeah. every day, and yeah, twice on two? Sunday. Yeah.
1: What, yeah. What, 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 what Man, it
3: would be awesome <laughs> to see Helms in the twos again. But
1: but you know, why is some of the cost so high? What, what, it, what is the percentage of...
0: Labor, inflation, labor. Uh, cost demand. of goods. Come on, the
1: regulatory thing.
0: Yeah, 24% of new construction is red tape. Um, I mean, all these things are happening literally at the same time. All yeah. these things. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's actually like studies that building codes have driven up the cost of construction like 24% just building codes, not zoning, but just to get the building to meet The code.
1: overall regulatory re- nationwide, the overall regulatory cost on new construction on a, on a national average of $400,000 is $94,000. So roughly 100 grand of $400,000 worth of construction is regulatory.
2: We love government.
1: And and, and and so talking about a low-hanging fruit to try to get cost down and probably get affordability down, that's a great place to look, right? So I
2: wouldn't, though, recommend – I mean, if you think about it, they are there serving a purpose. Like, we want our homes to be safe, Um Y- you, want, you want some measures so, in place, regulatory. But. I
1: deve- did my first development in 97. It was 150 lots, central water and sewer, VDOT roads, curb and gutter, you know, the whole nine yards. From the time I acquired the land, rezoned it, got a site plan and put a bulldozer on the job site, it took me six months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We just did a project in Fulvanna County, which is the county that I did it in. It took six years. Yeah. Bananas. Well, I mean, I so That costs money. Oh, yeah. Carrying costs. Tons of money. Yeah.
0: I mean, and, and you, know, you know who's crushing it right now? The Justin Shimps of the world. And you know what? We love Justin. Oh, he watches the program. Going to see
1: him in a few minutes. He follows the over. feed.
0: <laughs> but this, this guy is crushing it right now.
1: He's um, also really, really good. At he's it.
0: excellent at his job. He's excellent at his job. But he's got, I would say, what? Work for months.
1: You yeah, I years? would say
2: there's a shortage of engineers yeah. across the board.
1: There's too. a shortage yeah. of everything, yeah, and, it, and the risk that people. the risk that he takes though, and the, the and the engineers take is I could pull a project at any time yeah. and say, look, I'm not going to finish it. Correct. The environment is we sell
2: our time. It's I'm not going to put too much time. on right. It, but, yep. It's
1: the the, the, the the interest rates, whatever it is, I'm pulling the project and I'm yeah. and I'm moving on. We have Let's
0: to. Carrie, okay, go, go
3: ahead. No, no, no. I was just. Uh, she said it great. Uh, you know, they're selling their time, whereas like you know, some of these other trades, electrical, plumbing, uh, HVAC, people are not going to go without that. So that is a demand that you know has to be
1: met. So how can we fix that? What's What's the solution? We need to have
2: more babies. <laughs> I mean, that's well, really the root of it. Not in my house. We Our ha- birth rates are down. We
1: yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. You should say that. I'm the oldest of five.
2: Yeah, I'm the third of six. But mm-hmm.
1: how do you have more babies if it's so expensive to, to live?
2: And you have to and and you have babies. So, I know that yeah. you have to have.
1: We have to, yeah. we have to, as a society,
3: change the definition the of what success, that's, that's uh, success looks answer. like, mm-hmm. right? An okay. uh, uh, electrician that is making two hundred thousand dollars a year—that is super successful. It's in a trade. It's not a sexy. Uh, you know, you're not out there on Instagram. You know. Uh, with all these posts and everything Happy. but this but, iPhone
1: can't do that work by the way
3: you're right, right. And, and it's not something that you can like delegate or have uh you know, chat gbt yeah, yeah. any I of think that same
2: stuff. too moms who are staying home and raising four or five Ooh, kids yeah, I mean right. I, or the husband staying home and raising four either five way kids. I mean I think we we are going to have a shortage of people we have a shortage of people we're importing our labor source of mm-hmm. a lot of industries right now
1: so uh, uh, my wife is Austrian we have a pretty tight connection to Europe. Um, so in Europe, um, they, they look at this very differently. It's a perception thing, right? The, the trades are looked at very different. They looked at it as if they're professionals. Yeah. And they make huge amount of money. Yeah. And my, my nephew in high school had a decision. Did I want to go to the university track or to the um, uh, trades track? So he's actually a, um, a pipe fitter. He works on... Steam pipes, and he works all over the world, and he goes ahead and does this, and makes a very good, very, 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 very good living. Ashley Palmer says she'll have more babies.
0: <laughs> oh, actually that just made me laugh. Though. Go ahead, Keith. Sorry about that.
1: No, 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 no. Babies are always a good conversation. Uh, grandbabies are even better. But, but yeah. we Donna Patton
0: completely agrees with the panel. She sees, She says we need more tradesmen. Tradesmen and so, tradeswomen. So, so how do
1: we? Yeah. So, so we're trying to fix inventory, right? Yeah. Which we're trying to come up with a solution. That's like
2: generational. Yeah. Like we have got to look at acute solutions. Well, inventory is a generational, generational thing now. Yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. the root cause of what we've got here. Is not going to be fixed in eighteen it, it, months. It's a generational. It's a generational problem. It's
1: a generational thing. The, the you know people you know people are not encouraged in high school to consider this. I think that's going to start changing. I think Jeffrey's spot on. It's starting to become sexy now, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to see that. But, look, we're, we're all trades folks. You don't come out of high school, become an, you just don't become an electrician overnight. Ooh. These are years, in, you know, it's almost four years, right, to go through an apprentice program mm-hmm. in order to go ahead and do this. So it's similar to a college. So I have a
3: pipe dream, and it is something that I am going to throw out here in the universe because I would love people to reach out and connect with me about this, is I would love to have a boys and girls uh, club attached to a trade school so those people that know that they're not going to go into college or have no interest in going into college can come in the 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade can come and learn a trade so that they have years of experience before they even get out into the working force. And then it can be sponsored by builders that are, you know, short workers. It can be sponsored by, you know government-funded programs, and we make this a legitimate thing, bring it back to the school systems, and then we act Where like Where they're, yeah.
2: yeah, they're interns, and actually, instead of sitting in um,
3: but they social
2: walk. hall, yeah. they're going and working under an electrician. Yeah, the and kids. An the
1: kids.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Our newest tenant, Kyle Miller, who you know very well, uh, very well, we were chatting over here at this desk, and he said he would love to launch a trade school that trades that trains um, all the silos of work for um, you know anything tied to real estate, and then he's got the infrastructure for sales for human resources, mm-hmm. for project management, for accounts payable, accounts receivable, and then he would want to own the school, yep. train the labor and then have that labor funneled to the projects that he's working on or he's working alongside with his clients. Mm-hmm. So essentially creating the pipeline of talent for his projects and his clients' projects.
2: I mean, and we do it in a professional world, like we always are doing educational seminars like at the International Masonry Institute or Brick Institute of America. Like we do free seminars and training for these tradesmen, you know, and I feel like there should be some more so here's, interconnectedness.
1: Here's the, let's, this is real, let's call it real. Here's the real problem. You're told to become an engineer. You're told to become a doctor. Were You're you told, told to become an
0: engineer?
2: So I was... My dad got me into... Yeah, he let, was a general contractor. My dad was a general contractor. Yeah, so when I
1: say you, I'm talking about everything other than this show. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Out out in the world, you the we, the proverbial we or you, is being told, be an engineer, be a doctor, get a four-year degree. To Kyle's concept, which is freaking awesome... The problem is is nobody out there in the world is saying, be hey, be an auto mechanic. Be I think a diesel. that's changing, though. Well, I yeah. hope you're right. Well, Jeremy you. Rowe,
2: is that the guy with Dirty Jobs? Yeah. He yeah. does a lot of that. Yeah. For but
1: he's good. also one, one
0: of the trades. fantastic presenting partners of this show. Uh, no, he's no, talking no, no, about uh, awesome. Oh, I know she's talking about <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. but also the Jeremy Rowe Agency, and yeah. he's watching the show literally right now. We love you, Jeremy.
1: Jeremy, I'm sorry Rowe, I missed that pickup. The, the guy with Dirty Jobs is also Jeremy Rowe.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. I, I think there, there's something to be said about that. If we can make it a more appealing to those, and I'll just put it out there. I have friends of mine that are electricians, HVAC guys, making half a million dollars a year because they decided to go get a license. You know, it does take a little bit of work, but so does a four-year college degree. Um, I never had the desire to go to college. I eventually did, uh, I got two associate's degrees and had the ability to go to UVA which I declined because the people that I was working around all had college degrees and I was making the same amount of money as they are. Isn't that
1: interesting? Yeah, Isn't that interesting how that works? And
3: now, without a college degree, I mean, two associates, which I don't consider that um, you know, like a four year bachelor's degree and I mean, that is like the baseline for most job entry levels right now and, you know, I'm, I'm doing very well for myself and I'm fine with it.
1: Well, uh, my hope is the proverbial they outside of this network and this show encourage people like that. These are real careers, right? These are real. You can raise families, you know, you can get pensions. You you know, these are really excellent jobs. are you
2: finding pensions? <laughs> uh, that's my question. Where are you finding these pensions? He's talking
0: about the New York unions. I'm yes, talking about. I, I, I'm that's thinking about the, the, the strike
1: short. that just ended with my daughter in, uh-huh. the, up in New York. But I'm at 401ks. You know, there's retirement plans. There's all different kind of structures on that. I mean, if you go work for UVA as a as a electrician, you will get a pension, right, mm-hmm. at the end of it, a state pension. So,
0: and, um, so this comment, Charlottesville was just named by outside. Um, magazine or outside publication. Did you guys see this? The happiest
2: place to live. The the fifth happiest. happiest. The fifth happiest in
0: America. And in the analysis of Charlottesville, listen to this. This is a hell of a statistic. Roughly 30% of the Charlottesville population has a graduate degree. Roughly 30%. The unemployment rate in the Charlottesville area is 2.7%, which is one of the lowest in the entire country. Then they talk about the number of people that have degrees associated with the University of Virginia in the area. And this goes exactly to what Donna Patton is saying and what the panel is talking about, that outside of high-level white-collar jobs, it's very difficult, potentially, to find the blue-collar jobs locally.
1: Well, to yeah. Carly's point, we're overeducated. That but you, I, just, you just proved it. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and what I thought was interesting is why I personally don't agree that um, degrees equals happiness. So in an article about happiness, I think it's interesting that they're toting degree (laughs) statistics.
0: Um, I think they're utilizing the the UVA. That's what they're doing. It's highly educated and highly affluent and the economy is strong. But to your point. You need
2: common sense with education. 100%. I'll take a guy that's street street (laughs) smart
1: over book smart any day of the week. So to Jerry's point though, that also indicates income. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And then income, the more money you have.
2: A lot of the trades do come from Waynesboro and Richmond and mm-hmm. Culpeper. They're yeah. not so we
1: so we were talking about Stanley Martin Homes is one of the fine sponsors in that they their production. Folks, most of their contractors come from Northern Virginia, other the side of the mountain. They, Virginia, about, they are not below. local. Contractors. So, some of them are, mm-hmm. but for the most part, usually the excavating folks are more mm-hmm. local yeah. because of the cost equipment, of equipment yeah. and mobilization and stuff like that. But generally, everything else, the framers, the, the drywall folks, so forth and so on, are all coming from outside outside the area.
0: Stephanie Keller giving the show props right now. Um, Lindsay Beltran Stephanie. watching the program right now, the realtor. You got Bashir watching the program right now. Bob Yarbrough in Redfields. Uh, former delegate candidate Bellamy Brown watching the program, Seth Liskey, who's very quickly turned into a significant real estate investor in downtown Stanton, is watching the show right now. How about this comment from Christopher? Prove me wrong, Waynesboro is the new or old Belmont. And I'm going to unpack this comment. I think this is what he means. At one time, Belmont, a very blue-collar, working-class neighborhood. Now, Belmont, very Tony- and the uh, epicenter of six, seven, eight hundred, nine thousand dollar homes. Uh, but at one time, Belmont was the neighborhood of the working class in the city. So Christopher's making a parallel or an analogy to Waynesboro as now being the new Belmont for Charlottesville. Who wants to tackle that?
1: I think that, that ship has already sailed. I think Waynesboro is beyond. It's someplace else now. It's yeah. probably more like Stanton. Like where you, you're doing a great renovation project yeah. up o- over in Stanton.
3: I have a rental property that I bought in Stanton. I'm renovating, uh, and it's about a bl- about two blocks away from downtown in the historical district. So yeah, those those folks that got pushed out price point wise of abamal county and the charlottesville area they found it over there in waynesboro they get more house for their money and over on the other side of the mountain and you're going to start seeing more and more of that people are coming and that's historical over there too and it's very pretty on that side of the mountain yeah and
2: then in five years they'll be the top five happiest places (laughs) realtor
0: magazine called the waynesboro area the number two place to retire in america this is the trade publication for your profession
2: the My number dad's two best friend place. just retired down to And it was number
1: three. There's a the, I've forgotten the name of the app, and you can help me out, Jerry. That the tracks where people move.
2: Uh-huh.
1: It was number three for boomers.
3: I you know I'd be curious to compare the uh, property taxes of uh, over there compared to Admire County. See if there's a huge difference or if it's just slightly different.
1: Very I good stuff right system. here. So year to date, Waynesboro, detached single family detached. The median sales price is right at three hundred thousand.
2: Yeah. So probably. I would saw that very affordable. Yeah. Very course. happy.
1: And a great
0: monthly payment yeah. for those. Right at looking And a
2: beautiful drive.
0: I can't wait to get Carly's take and work, oh Lord. Oh, we're gosh. already at eleven. I know, here. and I have a twelve o'clock. She's got twelve o'clock. Okay, so yeah. we're going to wind up the show here very quickly. Viewers and listeners, we're not going to get to all the comments <laughs> and questions today. We apologize. We're very grateful for your support and your comments and your perspective. But I got to get your take on the zoning change, the draft zoning ordinance. I don't think that
2: we agree on this. Okay, so she, no, that's Um, why I want to ask you. So I am, from a a civil engineering perspective, I think development needs to be where there's infrastructure. Okay. So I don't prescribe and do not like the idea of urban sprawl. Like I grew up in Manassas, Virginia, grew up by cows. I saw the urban sprawl of Northern Virginia, and it didn't help with anything. I think. Actually one of your people that don't like you shared something
0: Oh yeah. Which about, one? <laughs> um, about
2: rents and that they, they had a study about uh people with more lenient zonings, districts with more lenient zoning, upzoning, and the impact it had on rents. And one of the case studies was Tyson's Corner. Okay and they were increasing their zoning densities and the impact that it had on rent. Tyson's to have rent drop in Tyson's is is really big deal, you know. And now the flip side of that coin is that's rents, right. that's institutional owners, that's not private ownership, that's not private wealth development. So, you know, that was kind of my take on that. I'd like to see what it does on the affordability of private property ownership. But I, I I think that a lot of people come here for the beauty of the countryside, and I think we need to keep development in the urban ring and we need to make it as dense as possible. I mean, you go to places like uh, Richmond, and you know, a city. Richmond's probably about the same size market as ours. Cars, oh, but
1: no, no. Richmond's I don't know how many population wise, but like well. their
2: downtown is a real downtown. Charlottesville's Ooh. not a real downtown. It's not a real city, you know.
3: So you're so. saying go up instead of out?
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I would agree with that. I think so.
1: So, Rich, I know the richer market pretty, How, pretty just, well.
2: I, not cost-wise, what is the population of Chesterfield? Oh,
1: it's, it's, it's millions versus yeah. 300,000. Uh, no, Richmond I only, City's not. The whole no, 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 I'm talking Virginia about, total is only so 8 million. No, so I'm talking Richmond about. Richmond City's uh, 226,000. Yeah. So, you have to include Chesterfield, and Henrico. Yeah. So, our, so Chester. if you just take the city of Charlottesville, we're only 50,000. Yeah. So, you have to take the, the whole six jurisdictions, and we're a little bit, we're around 300,000. Yeah. So, I believe. 300,000 for Central Virginia in total yeah so our, our six jurisdictions but it's called missing middle for a reason so I thank you for saying what you said so it's missing middle because you're missing two things you're missing the product you're also missing the income mm-hmm. the middle income so there's this huge spread between you know the haves and, and the have the have red, the
0: Richmond metro area has a population of 1 yeah. so a million
1: that's I knew it was the, over a million
0: Richmond a million. metro yeah. area um, the city itself is 226 610 And that's from the 2020 census right there. Um, She's got a 12 o'clock, but we would continue here. We we should have some closing thoughts here. We should put this panel together again and get the band back together. We will get the band together.
3: This is fun. The hitters in this room, right? Do you
0: enjoy this? I you enjoy do. this, right? I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she's got a take. She backs it up. He's got a take. He backs it up. Keith always backs it up. How about some closing thoughts from the uh, very esteemed and very well liked Kerry Griggs?
3: Ooh, so I'm going to direct this towards the tradesmen or anybody that is looking to get in the trades. Guys, it is going to be an industry in the next 10 years that you have the ability to really make a career of it and make a name for yourself, make good money. And if you're thinking about it, just go ahead and try it. You can look up most of this stuff on YouTube. If not, apprentice with somebody that is well-known, well-liked, and has a great reputation. And just get in whatever passion that you want to put together and help uh, you know, bring this inventory problem to a close. <laughs> Very nice. Carly, show's yours.
2: I agree. I think trades are huge. My brother-in-law is an auto mechanic. My brother is an auto mechanic. My dad was a general contractor. Um, I I, I think trades are huge. I think that that's not going to solve immediately the problem that we're in. But the pickle that we got ourselves in, we need to think long-term to get ourselves out of.
1: The same with inventory. You've got to think long-term, yep, long-term. Not, not, not short-term. Mm-hmm. And, and on
2: that long-term, with zoning, infrastructure. So we need to get you out of here. Like <laughs> so, let, so let me wrap yeah, up here.
1: So um, thank you, folks. Uh, anytime you're welcome to come back, what I was hoped to happen today happened was to demonstrate to the folks that are watching and listening that either new construction, uh, which is production or custom, hired a trusted advisor. There's a ton of them watching. There's a couple of great ones sitting here. Mm-hmm at the table to help you navigate the process uh, and get to the finish line because you do need a trusted advisor to help you get to the finish line. Jerry, thank you.
0: Carly, Carrie, and Keith, the show is Real Talk. I thought today's show was absolutely fantastic. It was a lot of fun to host. Um, for those that are asking, the show will be archived on RealTalkWithKeithSmith.com. with We encourage you to click the Partners tab and see the supply chain of people Please. that Keith has personally vetted and you can count on and trust. Also archived on iloveseville.com. Judah will take a picture of the four of us here in about 60 seconds. You'll still make your meeting on time. The I Love Seville show is up in 57 minutes, guys. Thank you kindly for joining us, and so long, everybody.
1: Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah.